Hello, and welcome to the Think Happy Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Cuevas. I'm a lover of French Rose coffee, golden doodles, and pump-up music. I believe happiness is something we each create for ourselves and that you are in the driver's seat of your own life. Yep, you. Join me each week as we chat with guests about their personal happiness journeys and dive into practices that you can incorporate into your daily life to help you be, well, happier. Welcome to the Think Happy Podcast. If you're new around here, hello. If if you've been around for a while, I'm glad you've decided to stick around. Either way, I'm glad to have you as part of this community. And just thanks for being here. I hope your day is going just really, really well. Uh, before we dive into today's episode, which is going to be a really great episode, might I add, I have two things to tell you. First up, next week's episode is one that you are not going to want to miss, you guys. I have some exciting news to share with you and a little bit of storytelling. It'll be on more of a personal note than these episodes typically are. Not that I don't usually get personal with you guys, but the, the whole episode will be personal. So make sure you tune in for that. And then second... I wanted to invite you guys to take a step outside of your comfort zone for the sake of your personal well-being and growth. So doors are open once again for a spot inside my private coaching program. Topics that are covered inside of private coaching are specific to your goals and desired outcome, but I can give you an idea of some common topics that are covered inside of these conversations. Um, A really popular one is life organization. So that would be task prioritization, delegating, meal planning, stuff like that. Another popular topic is time management, physical and mental wellness. Building routines is a really big one. So I'm talking morning routines, exercise routines, evening routines, stuff like that. Um, Identifying and reallocating time that you waste during your day. Um, And then another really popular one is creating time for yourself. Or another way to say that is creating time to fill yourself back up. So you guys, coaching is offered in both a four-week and a 12-week package. So for all of that information, head to thinkhappyco.com backslash coaching. And I'm here rooting for you, whether or not the coaching program is a fit for you. I do want to leave you with this one little bit of encouragement. If you feel something inside of you that's saying, I want to learn more, or this is calling my name, send me a DM and let's chat. Or go to the link in my bio and you can click a link um, to schedule a quick phone call with me. I think the link is called schedule a discovery call. So I would love to chat with you either in DMs or on the phone. And just from the bottom of my heart, I hope I hear from you soon. Okay, but 
Now it is time. Let's get to it, shall we? Yes, we shall. Today, I am joined by Christy Racha, who is here to talk with us about mental health, which is a topic we can all benefit from learning more about, whether it's for ourselves or for a loved one. Christy is the host of SAS Says, a podcast to guide women on how to heal, educate, and empower themselves through therapy and real-life stories of perseverance. She interviews mental health professionals, experts, coaches, and women who share her mission to debunk the stigmas and misconceptions around therapy and mental health. Christy is known for asking the but how questions so that her listeners walk away from each episode with actionable steps on what to do next when it comes to relationships, motherhood, body image, ambition, and what she calls the intangible. And I can tell you guys from personal experience, Christy is the best at asking those but how questions. I can tell you that from listening to her show. I can tell you that from being interviewed on her show. It is y'all want to go check out this podcast. I'm just going to tell you. Um, Another popular topic that she talks about on her show is self-care, which is one I know you guys are all very interested in. So Christy and her husband live in New Jersey with their two toddlers, and she is here with us today. Thank you, Christy, so much for taking time to hang out with us. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. This is so fun. I know. I know. It is so fun. (laughs) I'm really looking forward to this conversation. I feel like it's been on the calendar for so long. And then before (laughs) I knew it, it just like popped up. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's this week. (laughs) Yeah. Here we are. Here we are. So Christy, let's start. Tell us a little bit about you and just like stuff that's just not in your bio. Yeah. So, (laughs) well, you know, what's funny about that question is that in a lot of ways, it feels like there's not a lot about me that's not in that bio at this point, (laughs) truly, because I feel like I live and breathe my podcast and my mental health and my kids and all of that. It's like truly my day to day. Um, Yeah. It's uh yeah I you know I I'm I'm in New Jersey I'm a mom of two um I have a podcast about mental health which which was born out of a need for myself. That's um, amazing. Yeah, I just was like you know what more people need to know about this stuff and mm-hmm. uh, why don't I be the one to talk about it? So I I did it. <laughs> Good for you. Good for yeah. you. That takes guts. Um, yeah. that's amazing. You, you know what, you know what I, I, I spend a lot of time feeling unsure of what I quote unquote, like wanted to do with my life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I did all the things I hit all the mile markers, went to school, got a degree, got a job and did not feel fulfilled. Always felt like I have something bigger to say in this world. I just don't know what it is yet. And yeah, when I was really struggling and then when I found ways to cope and, you know, things that helped, which I'm, I know we'll get into, everything started to align. And, you know, I feel like I'm doing this because it is truly what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Oh, that makes my heart so happy to hear. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. 
Have you heard that buzzword that's been going around? Collagen? Yep, that's the one. By now, you probably know that collagen is great for your hair, skin, and nails. Well, walk to the garbage, throw out your collagen powder and pills, and get your hands on a liquid collagen. It's an ingestible, fast-absorbing, type 2 collagen plus hyaluronic acid matrix that is clinically proven to increase your hyaluronic acid, aka wrinkle filler, by 6,000% in just 28 days. This specific liquid collagen has seven U.S. and international patents and more than 35 clinical research trials. Liquid BioCell Collagen has been proven to improve joint mobility and reduce discomfort, promote healthy cartilage and connective tissue, and improve hydration, firmness, and elasticity of your skin. Do you want to give this inside-out liquid gold a 90-day try? Head to the link in my Instagram bio to give it a try with the Think Happy discount code. Again, just head to the link in my Instagram bio and you can find it there. So let's just dive straight into the, as my dad would say, the meat and potatoes of this <laughs> conversation. So one of the things that we had really talked about talking about today is therapy. Mm-hmm. So can we start by uh, you walking us through your journey and um, how that led you to therapy? Yeah. So, um, you know, I have I, you know, life on paper was, was and and is amazing, right? I got married. I have a job. We have a house. I have two kids. Um, you know, I had a pretty good childhood and, you know, uh, I'm speaking from a very, a very nice place of privilege throughout my life. And, Mm -hmm. you know, um, a lot happened in a short period of time for me. We, like I said, we got married, we moved States, bought a house, I got pregnant, got pregnant again. Um, unfortunately, we lost my sister-in-law at a young age to cancer very suddenly. And that hit me so hard. And I really just had this overwhelming feeling that every day was hard. Yeah. And I couldn't really pinpoint what about it was hard because it was the same as the day before. Right, right. <laughs> and, you know, I remember... Uh, you know, I was talking to my mom one day and, you know, she's like, I, I didn't know that you were struggling. Like when you're really struggling, why don't you just pick up the phone and call me? And, and I remember saying to her, mom, if I picked up the phone, every time I felt like this, I would be calling you every single day. Yeah. And she happened to hear a friend of hers talking on a podcast about how same thing, mm-hmm. happy marriage, great kids, thriving business. But she has a therapist and she goes to therapy once a week and it is and it was life changing for her. And she said to me, you know, why don't why don't you just go on your insurance website and see if it's covered? And I didn't even think that that was an option. I didn't even know. Yeah. And I did. And lucky enough, again, uh, you know, I know that that is not the case for everyone, but my insurance would, would cover the sessions. I, that's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. I scrolled through and found, found someone who I felt like 
sort of looked like me. Yeah. <laughs> and no, I, that yeah, makes sense. Yeah. And I called her and I her her the sound of her voice was worked for me. Yes. Know? <laughs> and uh we had a conversation and you know, I was very, we laugh about it now, but I was like very robotic at that first conversation. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to waste your time and I'm not interested in committing long-term and I don't really know what this is about. And I was like, very like, da, 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 da. And, yes. um, you know, she was just like, listen, this is all about you. You can come once and never come back. You can come 10 times and be done. You could, you know, be with me for five years. We don't know. And I was like, oh, okay well okay it's kind of like okay I can relax a little bit now yes yes yeah. and and you know what I I was I was always a person that was interested in the brain and the mind and relationships and you know my friends will tell you that for years I said that I wanted to go to therapy and I thought what how amazing would it be to go to therapy but I truly did not know that it could be for someone like quote unquote, like me. I thought yeah. that it was only for people with either a diagnosed mental illness or someone who's suffered, you know, a big T trauma. Like anyone that I knew that went to therapy, it was because they or their parents were getting divorced. There was the death in the family there, you know, something that mm-hmm. was societally accepted as big. Right. And, uh, right. and yeah, so I, I didn't really understand it. And I, I guess that's really, you know, just a lot. New motherhood, the loss of my sister-in-law, you know, kind of just like, this is very millennial of me, but just like adulting took over. No, and- but it makes so much yeah. sense, Christy, because I think, and like, this is why I love what you're doing so much. And something you had like mentioned was, you know, for for the, I wasn't going for the reasons that, you know, quote unquote, society thinks you should go. Right. But I feel like in like in this world that we live in right now, society needs to start realizing mm-hmm. that there are other reasons to utilize tools such as therapy, right? Yeah. And what you just explained, I mean, I could copy and paste it for my own life, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm sure so many of the listeners are resonating with what you're saying um, because so many of us feel like, well, I'm just a normal girl, right? You know, like I haven't had this super terrible, scary, um, traumatic thing happen to me. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that there are also listeners who have had very traumatic things um, happen to them. But, you know, therapy and quote unquote mental health is something that all of us have or or, or should be able to benefit from. Um, I don't know if what I'm saying is making sense, but yes, no, we all have mental health Mm -hmm. and and there's no shame in the therapy game. And it is, I think there's just a lot of sort of mythical walls around it that that we don't understand until you're interested in in understanding it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, I, I was talking recently um, to someone and I, I said, you know, for me, I kind of put behavioral health and therapy and psychiatry, I thought about it in the same way that I would think about a medical doctor. Mm-hmm. And it's so not that. 
Right. <laughs> it's so yeah. different. It's you have so much agency in the process and you truly are a client that can say, here are my preferences. Here's what I like. Here's what I don't like. And you can shop around, so to speak, right. for a therapist yeah. that works for you. And this isn't just, hey, I have a heart condition. I need a heart doctor who's the best. It's like, yeah, there's different styles and different approaches. And if it's not working for you, you you try again, you find another one. It kind of makes me think of when you're trying to find like a new place to exercise. Yeah. You know, like some people are going to want to go to the just the big box gyms, you know, the right. the 24 hour fitnesses and and stuff like that. But then other people are going to want a more boutique approach. And like inside of that, you have studios that do like maybe just bar classes and you go and you try it out. And yeah, that was, that was a good workout, but mm, not really for me. So then you right. go to another one that has hit classes. Oh, okay. That was a little too much. I need to tone it down a little, <laughs> yeah, bit, you exactly. know? So just like trying, trying different things to figure out what it is that fits best with you. And not only that fits best with you in general, but for that season of your life too. Totally. Yes. Yeah. Yep. hundred percent. So for you, how did you know when to ask for help? I know that feels, that sounds like such a loaded question mm. and it probably yeah. is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I just, I just really started to come to terms with I have everything I've wanted in life and I'm not happy that I don't want to exist in that place anymore. I want to understand why I want to heal and I want to move on. And mm -hmm. at the time I definitely could not have articulated it the way I just did, yeah. but I did have the overwhelming sense of what is going on. Like this cannot be all that motherhood is. This cannot be all that marriage is. This cannot be all that I'm supposed to do in this world. And that is nothing personal to my husband or my children and everyone. And they know I love them more than anything, but yeah. it was me. It was my head, my heart, my soul, not feeling aligned and not feeling in my stride and, and not feeling, you know, feeling, I, I definitely experienced like a true identity crisis in motherhood. I did not expect, I did not have a realistic expectation of what motherhood would be and mm -hmm. was really rocked by that. And, and certainly now in hindsight, I can say that with my firstborn, I definitely experienced postpartum anxiety and depression and didn't know it. Right. And you know, and that definitely was an experience, but I think, you know, so, so then if you, if you fast forward to, you know, my second kid, I was working with my therapist at that point and my, my son was born February, 2020. So he was born right before lockdown started. Mm -hmm. And that summer after being so strictly locked down for so many months, um, I really like, I, I really came to understand a, what about of depression is. Mm -hmm. um, I really could not start a day without a good cry in the bathroom first. I felt completely empty and numb by the end of the day. 
things that I normally look forward to and enjoyed, you know, I had no feeling for, I was completely disconnected from everyone who didn't live in my house. And part of that was not by choice, right? We're in a pandemic. And right, right. But part of that also became not even having the bandwidth to sustain a phone call and just really, really there were there were moments of like true sadness, but it was mostly for me manifest as like a true emptiness. And Mm -hmm. you know, that was that was a time where um and I, I share this story here and there, but you know, my, my husband's family is really big into birthdays and we were going to do a zoom birthday party for my uh, soon to be sister-in-law and I'm putting the kids to bed. And the whole time I'm putting the kids to bed, I'm going in my head. I'm like, I can't go to that zoom. I can't even fake it. I can't Mm -hmm. even pretend I'm just going to get in bed. And, you know, then I put the kids to bed and I'm feeling so guilty about that. So I go, you know, just take a shower, see how you feel after a shower. And the whole time I'm in the shower, I'm, I'm rehearsing my speech for what I'm going to tell my husband that I'm not going and rehearsing the text message. I'm going to send her the next day about why I didn't go and all this. And I go downstairs and, you know, long story short, I, I, I just look at my husband and I'm like, you know, I have to tell you something. And, and he came over to me and he put his arm, each hand on a sh- on my shoulders. Mm-hmm. And he's just looking at me and he's like, yeah. And I go, I think, I think. And he's like, uh-huh. And I'm like, do you know what I'm going to say? Oh. And he goes, yeah. And I'm like, oh. can you just say it then? He's like, no, you have to say it. And I was like, I think I have postpartum depression. He was like, I know, honey. Oh, <laughs> and that was like, and it, and I say that story to answer your question of knowing when to ask for help. And, and for me, I was already with working with my therapist at that point, but there was definitely a shift in letting my husband in fully mm-hmm. and being so fearful that he would try to just fix it and, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. not understand. And I'd have to explain so much. And what I didn't realize was, I guess, how obvious it was. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, kind of having to almost ask myself to help myself mm-hmm. was, that was makes, hard. Yeah. No, yeah. that makes a lot of sense. And I think that you do such a good job, and I'm sure this has taken a lot of time in practice, at being able to put in words what you feel. So I want to tell the listeners right now, I promise that that is one of the questions I'm going to be asking Christy about, (laughs) (laughs) because I could not let her get off of this this episode with us without (laughs) talking about that. So I'm just like putting myself in the listener's shoes right now and thinking like, man, like, how does she do that? I promise Mm -hmm. we're going to get there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So. I get so going back to knowing when to ask for help. I feel like a few speed bumps that prevent people uh, from utilizing therapy is first definitely knowing when to ask for help, mm-hmm. but then kind of building on that. Second would be feeling comfortable asking for help, and then third, even more, would be knowing who to Mm. go to, to ask for help. So we kind of already talked about that first one. Uh, Let's talk about those other two. So 
let's talk about feeling comfortable with asking for help and really breaking the stigma of quote unquote, I should be able to handle this on my own or quote unquote, asking for help is a sign of weakness. Can Mm -hmm. you talk to us about that? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I've really struggled with that and I still do from time to time, you know, but a lot of the unpacking that I had to do early on was eliminating the shoulds around you know, being this superhuman person. The shoulds. Um, yeah, the shoulds. I love that. It's, yeah. Yeah, we, we, we paralyze ourselves with the shoulds. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think for me, I really feel uncomfortable asking for help. I mean, there is no one I'm, I'm more comfortable with than my husband. So leaning on him and, you know... Like I said, I was I was afraid that really letting him in what the outcome would be, but I wasn't so afraid that I didn't do it. Yeah, um, I had I had a certain level of trust in him mm-hmm. and in us to be able to handle that conversation. And you know, I think it's about knowing or cultivating even just one or two people that you can trust that you feel good with that make you feel good and that you know that you can be your true self and share truly what's going on. And, you know, I think that if you're listening to this and you're going, that sounds great, Christy, I don't have anyone, you know, Caitlin and I are here. (laughs) Like there are communities of women on social media, on podcasts, you know, out in your, in your actual communities that, um, I know it's hard. I know that that sounds like the, by the book answer that we all give, but being a person who's now allowed myself to engage in those groups and those communities, they're so helpful. (laughs) And, you know, so to piggyback on that, I, first of all, I I mean, I have so many thoughts on that because I feel like you just literally hit a home run. Mm -hmm. But um, that is one of the most beautiful parts of social media, in my opinion, is being able to expand your reach of community to those that aren't just right there surrounding you. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the second thing that I want to say about that and just if... I could talk, you know, directly to the listener who, as you said, is, is listening to this and thinking that all, that sounds all well and good, but you know, I don't have a community of friends like that or of family members like that, that I can lean on. It feels like in the moment that if you reach out to, you know, someone like Christy, someone like myself, that maybe you're inconveniencing someone Mm. or, you know, who am I to, to reach out to this community or to these people who I don't know? I want to tell you that if you give people like that, the opportunity to, to step up and, you know, have a conversation with you in a way you're allowing them the opportunity to fill their cup too, right? Because people like that thrive in like they are put on this world to do things like that and to lift people up and to help direct people. And you are the last thing even related to a burden or a nuisance. And so sometimes I think just reframing that thought of, oh, well, 
maybe if I reach out to Christy, like in a way I could be like helping her serve herself too, you know, just think about it like that. Think about it like that. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I, I, you know, I, I really couldn't agree more. And, and just think, you know, there's a reason we're putting ourselves out exactly. Out there, you know, <laughs> like we want you to DM us. We want you to email us. And we, we want to feel validated and connected in that, in that call, in that email, in that DM conversation as much as you do. Yes. Uh, you just gave me goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> we're all out here in it together. Truly. It's so true. It's so true. Um, okay, so the third part of that speed bump that I was talking about. So we talked about knowing when to ask for help. We talked about feeling comfortable with asking for help. Now, talk to us about who we can go to when we are ready to mm-hmm. truly, truly ask for help. Yeah. So I think that there are a variety of resources, right? Um, I think that if therapy is an option for you, a therapist, mm-hmm. if you prefer a coach, there are coaches. Um, I also think that if you're really not ready to um, pick up the phone and really take that step, um, there are podcasts like mine, like mm-hmm. yours, like, mm-hmm. you know, therapists have podcasts that you can start to just dip your toe in and, and understand. And, and I have to say that I think that, you know, that will help in feeling comfortable because, people will, you'll start to hear language and, and terminology to coincide with your feelings Mm -hmm. so that when you do decide, you know what, maybe I am ready to just have a consult call with a therapist and see what I think you can say, you know, I listened to this podcast and this woman, Christy was talking about postpartum depression. And she said that for her, it manifested like this. And I really related to that. And I think I need some help that Mm -hmm. will make you um, automatically feel more confident in reaching out than saying like, Hey, I'm just sad. And I don't know if it's normal or not. And yeah, and that's okay too. It is. Yeah. (laughs) You totally can do that. That you, that is totally good to do. Um, but if you're just not sure where to start, certainly listening to other people talk about it can be helpful to put you know, kind of start to piece together your own experience, but therapists, coaches, I I would say, you know, there are a lot of online communities, online resources, Mm -hmm. um, psychologytoday.com has not only basically every therapist ever, but there's also a lot of, um, you know, there's just blogs and there's links to other communities that you can start to just poke around at your own pace and see what starts to feel right. Yeah. And So I think that a lot of the, I'll call them like the free resources or the online resources are a really good gateway um, or first stepping stone to take if you're feeling just so overwhelmed with the notion of reaching out to an actual person, right? And so Mm -hmm. podcasts are a great way to, you know, start learning some of the terms, like Christy was saying. They're also a great way to kind of pre-qualify people. If you're, if you have a list of therapists that maybe someone has suggested to you or that you have found are in your area and any of them have podcasts, Mm -hmm. go listen, Mm -hmm. you know, great way to Mm pre-qualify. And yeah, I think it's just a great way to dip your toe into 
the whole world, uh, which you got to start somewhere. And if, if you're feeling uncomfortable about starting, that's a good, a good place too. Yep. Yeah. So what are some common mental health, I'll call them struggle areas Mm -hmm. that you see among women just Mm -hmm. in, in what you do day in and day out? (laughs) How much time do you have? (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Um, I think, I think right now the biggest one that I come across is just an overwhelming sense of burnout. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, the idea that that has always been there of women, moms, that we have to do and be everything to everyone was really, really, you know, put into high gear during a global pandemic. Mm -hmm. And women have really, you know, taken on the brunt of what it means to be quarantined and what it means to deal with constant sickness and mask wearing and all of that. So um, burnout is huge. I think uh, uh, loss of identity and, and you know what, just that exhaustion, (laughs) like, I don't know, I call it, I I put that in mental health because it affects everything. Um, And, and yeah, a lot of anxiety. I posted Mm -hmm. a graphic the other day and I'm not going to get the exact numbers, but that just from 2019, anxiety in mothers went up from like 17% to like 71% or something like it was like something insane like that. Yeah. And I wish I had it on me, but I don't, but it was, it was remarkable actually. Um, Wow. Yeah. So I I would say burnout, anxiety, and just decision fatigue. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Decision fatigue is a big one. And I think something unique that the global pandemic did was that it really put us in a situation where it was so much harder to ask for, I don't mean to ask for help from, from like a therapist, but I mean, like ask for help from your community in regards to just daily life. Right. So maybe, um, like perfect example, childcare, you know, childcare was super limited. And guess what? We all still had to work, but we just couldn't, we didn't have any help balancing, working, teaching our children, being with them 24 seven, all through the school day, all through the weekend. You know, we just weren't in a situation where help was available. Yeah. Um, which I think is unique. Yeah, it's totally unique. And you know what I think now is happening is that as we're, you know, sort of coming out of it in the sense that schools are open and people mm-hmm. are going back to the office and this and that, like, we're not, we're not recovered yet. Yeah. But we're still yeah. expected now to go kind of back to normal as if we are. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's not fun. Uh, that's not been easy for yeah. anyone. Yeah. A, 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 a quote bounce back is yes. not realistic and right. <laughs> we should right. not set ourselves up to expect ourselves to bounce back. Yeah. Right. I think I'm so glad you brought that up. It's so true. Yeah. Yeah. And then one, I, I will say this, I think that came to mind is, um, and I had, was having this conversation yesterday, so it's probably just fresh, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think just with my, my peers, my generation of mothers and wives, 
you know, and I think it's because I was having this conversation with my mom yesterday that, Mm -hmm. you know, her generation, it was totally just, there weren't even questions asked. She was going to do all the, the mothering, the wifing, the domestic stuff and Mm -hmm. work. And my generation, we were raised with the girl power. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Women can do everything. We were raised hearing that, but we're still sort of finding ourselves in this position of kind of expecting everything to be equal, but entering into, you know, partnerships that don't quite reflect that. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that that's been really, I think, challenging, particularly for millennials and the women in my circle and Mm -hmm. my extended circle, because yes, our partners are doing more than our fathers, but we're still the default parent. We're still the one making the doctor's appointments. We're still Mm -hmm. the one doing the pickups and drop-offs. And we might not be the only one changing diapers, but we're still the ones ordering them. Yes. You know, and I think that that's been really hard to sort of justify in our minds, at least me just, you know, again, and my husband has heard me say this before and I love him dearly and he's a great father (laughs) and a great spouse. Um, But, you know, you're having to marry sort of what you were raised to expect in adulthood with what actually is. And also the conversation I was having with my mom is that on one hand, she raised me to do yeah, yeah, you know, girl power. Yeah. But I still witnessed her in very traditional gender roles. Right. Right. And that's what I saw. So I don't know. That's a whole other podcast, but that's something that has been coming up for me a lot recently. For sure. And it's so funny that you bring that up because I was recently having a conversation with one of my close girlfriends and her husband was doesn't usually travel for work, but was going to be traveling for work. Mm -hmm. And so that brought us to this conversation about how, you know, when our husbands travel for work, it's just automatically assumed that we pick up the slack for all of the parenting stuff. Um, you know, we, if, if we need help, you know, we have to figure that out. Um, we Mm -hmm. have to, to ask our moms to help us or bring a babysitter in or something like that. Um, but then if we're the ones traveling, we still have to be the ones (laughs) that schedule that help. Right. Right. Like, (laughs) and, and stock the fridge and stock the diapers and, you know, schedule the activities. Yeah. Yes. And so it's like, it is not a, it is, it's not the same. No. For when, for when dad travels versus when mom travels, you know, it's, it's, you can't just automatically assume, all right, well, my husband's got it. Like, I don't have to do anything. I just pack my bag and leave for my trip because yep. if it were that easy, wouldn't we all just always be on yes. work trips? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, um, my, I talk about this with my husband all the time. He recently went away for a week and as far as the house goes, nothing changed, but I'm talking about going away for a week um, with the sister-in-law that I mentioned earlier for her mm-hmm. bachelorette party. And yes, it's like, And I get it. There's like real logistical things, right? Like I work from home and my schedule is super flexible and that's the way we've set it up. So I'm not, this isn't all like, whoa, is me. Yeah. I know we've set things up a certain way. However, (laughs) yeah, for me to take time away from our house either means he needs to take off of work or like you said, 
I'm coordinating help for him. Yep. Whereas he literally just packs a bag and walks <laughs> out the door. Yeah. <laughs> what a yep. luxury. Yeah. We talk about it all the time. <laughs> it's so funny. Yep. It's so funny. And I think the funniest part of it is all women can relate to that. Oh, right. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I'm sitting here in, in Texas, you're sitting there in New Jersey and we're both like, yep. Yep. I got you, sister. I know yep. exactly what you're talking about. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Oh man, I I'm with you on that. That this could be a whole other yep. podcast. Oh episode. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I got thoughts for days on that. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. I could go on like 500 tangents with you. So <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna bring us back to some of these these questions I have for you. Mm-hmm. So so this one, I'm gonna preface by saying. So I personally struggle with anxiety and you and I have talked about, I don't know if the listeners know that I do take medication for it, which I am so thankful, so grateful for. Um, but I actually avoided taking medicine for so long. And in hindsight, the only thing I wish is that I had actually started sooner. Mm-hmm. So I was like doing everything from you know, breathing exercising or exercises and, and meditation practices. And I was literally ordering books on Amazon, reading them about, you know, curing anxiety, the natural way. I don't even remember (laughs) what they were called, but none of it seemed to help me long-term. So like Mm. maybe, um, in like the moment it would help for a little bit, but, but none of it, it all felt like the best analogy I can think of is if like I had a gash on my leg that was bleeding and I just like kept putting one bandaid on and then like <laughs> that one got soaked. And then I just like put one more bandaid on and then that That's one got good. soaked. I like yeah. that. That's really good. Yeah. 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 And so with that being said, the reason why I wanted to preface with that is because I think that everything that I was doing leading up to taking medicine did help play a role in me being able to get my anxiety under control. I think that like each of the things I was doing was all kind of like a tool in my toolbox, Mm -hmm. but I was missing this one important tool, which was Mm -hmm. the medication. So I wanted to talk to you about like now what I have defined as toolboxes, right? Mm -hmm. So, so what, like, what are some other tools or not other tools, just what are some tools that maybe you use to help, um, when you're feeling in a low place? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I first want to completely validate your experience with medication. I, I too am on medication and, you know, I was really scared of medication. I didn't understand it. I didn't know if it meant I was going to be on them forever. And you know what? Honestly, at this point, so what if I am? Right? Um, Yes. (laughs) There's just so much stigma around it. And I I was scared. And, um, you know, the way that my therapist described it to me, and I think it's always worth hearing it this way, is that I was sharing with her that uh, it, it had occurred to me that I had not taken my kids outside to play in a week because the thought of putting a sports bra on and changing from pajamas to workout gear to take mm-hmm. them outside was entirely too overwhelming. Yeah. And she said to me, she's like, look, Christy. And this was in the, in the conversation of like me sort of dancing around medication. Right. Right. And she was like, here's the deal. 
medication is not a happy pill, but you will either decide to go outside without a bra on in your pajamas, or you will decide to put the bra on and Mm -hmm. change your clothes and go. Bottom line, you might not be happy about it, but medication is going to help get you out the door. Yeah. And I was like, oh, and you know what? That's exactly what that aspect of my toolbox does for me. I was at such a place where I couldn't even do the other things because I couldn't get out of my own head long enough to do them. Mm -hmm. So the medication isn't like this quick fix, but it allows me to function. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. And I didn't really understand that before, you know? Um, but for me, other parts of my, my toolbox, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I've really had to change my mindset, shift my mindset on what it means to take care of myself. And, you know, this is touching on the self-care and all of that. Like I really thought always that self-care and taking care of myself meant trying to coordinate time for someone to watch my kids so I could get a manicure and, mm-hmm. you know, you know, budgeting a couple hundred dollars so that I could go buy some new clothes or this or that. And yeah, shifting my mindset to, to, to see that on a nice day when I've been working from my desk for hours or I'm just inside with the kids or whatever, that even taking a few minutes to walk outside to my mailbox and back is part of my toolkit because yeah. it gets me outside. I move my body. It's a reset. I come back into the kids or I come back into my work, even just having had a few seconds outside. Um, you know, it, it just shifts my mood. And, 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 you know, it's, and I say, I say all that to say, I used to get my mail every day. It's not like yeah. I didn't. Right. But now it's like, oh, I get to go get the mail now. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah. it's just changing the mindset of what is in your toolkit and what is available. So getting outside, you know, drinking water. Mm-hmm. I, I also had to do a big shift on what movement was. You know, I used to be, if I'm going to take time to exercise, it has to be a hard workout. Mm-hmm. It has to always be a hard workout. And if I'm not sweating my booty off, it's not worth it. And yeah, I had to change that. Maybe, you know, now when I'm I'm home, it's like, let me just take a 10 minute walk. Let me, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to say it again. Let me just go to the mailbox. Um, you know, I also, I also keep a book around now. So if I, you know, my kids are little and they, they need me around, but they don't necessarily need me to facilitate at this oh, point. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I used to just like look for something to clean. And now mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what, if I get three pages of a book read before they need another snack, like that helps me feel fulfilled. I learn something or I escape to another world for a few yeah. pages. Yeah. Um, I do that. And you know what? I I have in the last month actually incorporated a five-minute meditation into my day for the oh, first nice. time in my life. Um, so yeah, you gotta start somewhere. Yeah. And uh yeah, so I do that and and the other thing I, I do consistently is I keep a pair of headphones on both floors of my house. Mm -hmm. Um, because anytime I'm doing those mundane, just like domestic stuff, I now almost never do them even cooking. I I almost never do them without a podcast or music in my ear now. And that 
and now there are times where I I kind of look forward to folding laundry because yeah. maybe I have 20 minutes left of a podcast that I started the day before. And so, so yeah, oh, I, for I, I, sure. Yeah. For sure. I totally feel you on that one. Yeah. I, that's a good, and that's so simple. Yeah. That is something that all of us could do. Um, I really like that. Mm-hmm. So some things that I guess are in my toolbox, um, Everyone knows who's probably listening to this that I love journaling. Um, oh, yeah. Journaling is definitely one of them. But then, exactly what you said with reframing how you viewed exercise, that has been a game changer for me. Yeah. Um, and like to the point where it's something that now I feel so passionate about teaching to this community too that, you know, any intentional movement for Mm -hmm. me counts. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe that day, like the only intentional movement I had time for was to take the stairs at work instead (laughs) of the elevator. But you know what? I took the darn stairs. I I was intentional about it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just that, that has been a big game changer. So I'm really glad that you brought that up. Mm -hmm. Um, I think another thing that has helped me or that is a tool inside of my toolbox is also doing my best to fuel my body properly. Mm. So if I get to a point where, you know, I'm just ravenous and I am so hungry, or maybe all I did was, you know, eat some junky snacks here and there. I really have noticed a difference in how um, that makes me feel just mentally. Um, So I think that properly fueling also has been a tool in my toolkit that, that is pretty easy. And I mean, maybe easy is not the right word, but that is something that all of us could incorporate is just becoming more mindful of, mm-hmm. of the fuel we give our bodies and yeah. brains to run on. Yeah, I, I agree. I think especially when you are working from home and because when I used to go to an office, I would pack a lunch. Mm-hmm. And so it, it was prepared or it was, Hey, I'm hungry. I need to go get lunch. And yeah, I notice now, especially being home all the time and you know how it is with little kids, they, you make them a plate and they eat three bites of it. And it was like, I was finding myself just like eating from their plate or eating what's around or, you know, what I find really hard is like, anytime I eat in front of them, they want it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would find that I would wait until they would nap to eat, but then I wouldn't want to like, quote unquote, waste time eating. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> you know, like I was like, this is the only time I have where they're not around. I have to do all the things. So why would I waste 10 minutes to feed myself? And now in hindsight, I'm like, that's outrageous. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's an insane thought. Like, I mean, I had it plenty. So if you're having it now, I get you. But yes. the alternative is like you said, fueling your body and feeling good for the rest of the day. Cause then I'd get to like four or five o'clock and be like, why do I feel so lousy? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like all I've had is coffee all day, you butthead. Like yeah, have no something wonder. to eat. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is, I mean, it's so true. And I'm just laughing because I, 
it is so funny to me, the stories that we create in our heads, the things that we can tell ourselves like, oh, well, the kids are sleeping. So like, I can't waste time eating lunch. Like, mm -mm, nope. There's like, it's just so funny to me, the things that, that we, the the narratives that we create and we all do it. Yeah. I totally (laughs) saw eating as a waste of time. And even now I have to intentionally eat without something else going on. Yeah. Like I have to put, I, you know, cause I always want to scroll. I always want to be like typing with one hand as mm-hmm. I'm eating a sandwich with the other. Like it's, it's crazy. And if yeah. I would just sit and eat, it would take me less time exactly to eat than it does to try to do 30 things while I'm eating. It's so true. It's so true. <laughs> Uh, we're working on it, you know, hey, you know, you know, and that's all we can do. Mm-hmm. That's all we can do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So listeners, I am going back to mm-hmm. the question. I promised you guys, I would ask Christy. Yeah. Um, so I have found that just like in various conversations with, with friends and peers, that a common struggle is actually being able to put our feelings into words. And Christy, I feel like, I mean, no one is perfect, but you are pretty darn close. Oh, man. So, so what tips do you have for us to helping us figure out, you know, how to verbalize what yeah. we're feeling internally? Yeah. So one thing I want to say that I think will be so validating to anyone who's going, yeah, um, because it was so validating to me as I finally started The Body Keeps the Score, that mm-hmm. book that everyone raves about. And right. in the early parts of that book, um, he talks about how there's a part of the brain that like truly shuts off the ability to communicate trauma. Um, and so anything you're struggling with and that is trauma to you, whatever that is, it's actually like a part of your brain that like is saying, nope, can't talk about it. Can't put words to it. And I, and of course I'm like butchering that majorly, but that is the gist of that. And I was so validated. It was like, oh, okay. So this is like a true, this is like a brain thing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Uh, That makes sense. Yeah, 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 exactly. (laughs) So, but otherwise, because we do have to try to communicate right the best way we can. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to say it again. I listened to some podcasts because I, early on, I would send my husband podcasts of women talking about postpartum depression who could put words to it that mm-hmm. I couldn't. Mm-hmm. And it actually helped in the sense that, you know, I asked him to listen to the show and then afterwards we would talk about it. And especially in those early days of like not even being sure yourself, it's so much easier to talk about someone else's experience than it Mm -hmm. is your own. So he would say, Hey, I listened to Susie talk about this. And I would say, you know, here's the parts of Susie's story that I related to. And here's the parts of Susie's story that I didn't relate to. And that really helped open a dialogue between us. Um, So podcasts, I listen to podcasts and Mm -hmm. that has helped me sort of better articulate what I go through. And, um, also even like memes on social media, I would send them to my mom, my husband, my friends and be like, I know I was kind of all over the place on the phone the other day, but like this, this woman just hit it on the head. Um, I would send them those and, and I've really, really been reading like a crazy person and, 
Um, I, I just have been, if, if it's not a self-development book, I don't want it right now. And Mm -hmm. so I'm really, yeah, I'm really using, you know, the words of Brene Brown and whoever else I'm, I'm reading um, to, to help me with the language and to put words around it. And it just, for me too. Um, so I would say those, those are my tips, like podcasts, social media memes, as Mm -hmm. silly as it sounds yeah, and, and reading. Um, and then, you know, just in my experience, my, my therapy, because there was not, there really was not a, a conversation that I would have had about my mental health that I didn't have the opportunity to first sort of fumble through it with my therapist. Right. Yeah. I could say all of the things that were coming up that maybe didn't quite make sense or yeah. <laughs> were all over the place. And we could sort of just in sharing them out loud, I could start to weed out the parts that, you know, maybe weren't as relevant or, mm-hmm. you know, all the things, you know, like you just hash it out with yeah. the therapist yeah. so that when you're having the conversation with your partner or your boss or whoever it is, you're, it's not, it's not the first time you're having it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Those are such great tips. Thank you so much for sharing those. Yeah. And you know what? I I think too, I think it's so funny and I really appreciate it. It's truly such a high compliment for you to say that I, I'm able to articulate it well. It really is because it's something that I have really struggled with. And it's, it's really something that I, I've made a point of asking almost every therapist on my show, like how they describe whatever whatever it is they specialize in, because, Mm -hmm. you know, I think it is so hard to, to do the experience justice, whatever the experience is, because if whoever you're talking to hasn't experienced it, it's, it is, it truly is so hard to, to grasp. Yeah, no, that is that man, that is a powerful statement. And I feel that on so many levels. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes I think that we can find ourselves getting frustrated with the inability to be able to put into words yes. what we're feeling when we're trying to explain it to someone who hasn't felt it yes. or who hasn't felt something similar, Yes, um, which is why I think, you know, all of those, the, the tips that you gave us, um, are really, really helpful. Um, and you know, all we can do is practice, you know, we all have to start somewhere. (laughs) Right. So yes, yes. I had, um, Dr. Veronica EO on my show and, and the big, big driving home message from her show was you can try again, you know, Yes. Uh you can try again and you can try again with talking to someone. You can try again, asking for help. You can try again, anything. (laughs) I have such a big smile on my face. It's so true. It's Mm -hmm. so true. Mm -hmm. Okay. So my final question for you, Christy, Mm -hmm. do you have a life or happiness hack that you find helpful for your life that the listeners might want to adopt into their lives? Mm. It's, you know what it is? I constantly have to remind myself to love and appreciate where I am. And, and that's really hard. It sounds so simple, but yeah, this is a good one. Every day, whatever is going on, it could be that, you know, this morning I didn't get up as early as I wanted to. And 
you know, then I, I didn't get as much done before you and I got on this call that I wanted to. Mm -hmm. And, and throughout the day, you know, just going, you know, you're doing a lot, you're doing the best you can. And, and, and I say, I, I say this example and I, or I say this as my thing, because I never previously would have described myself as a negative person. Mm-hmm. I never previously would have described myself as someone who had low self-esteem or was insecure or didn't think highly of myself. But it wasn't until I really started to pay attention to almost the subconscious thoughts that I had all day mm-hmm. that I realized how hard I am on myself yeah. all the time and what a true difference it makes to just be kind and nurture the parts of myself that yeah that I just tear down constantly it's just tweaking some of that narrative that is rolling nonstop inside of our heads yeah 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 Yeah, it's it's not I don't know if it's a hack but it is it definitely takes practice Mm -hmm. listening for you know it does it does because it's something that you have to be so intentional about and in order to be intentional about it you have to become aware of it and that can feel uncomfortable yeah um yeah I used to do it with food a lot to be honest with you like mm -hmm. and I didn't notice it at first but I I remember distinctly after you know reading the intuitive eating book and interviewing a bunch of eating disorder therapists and things like that and I, I I don't have an eating disorder and I've never claimed that but just learning more about it and yeah yeah I realized that like there was one day that I decided to have a mini bagel and I so rarely eat bagels because, you know, they're forbidden. Right. And <laughs> I had a mini bagel. I'm like a few minutes later, I'm changing the garbage bag in my kitchen and I stopped in my tracks and put the bag on the ground because all of a sudden I just heard myself go, you shouldn't have eaten that oh, yes. like in my head. And you know what? I've probably had that thought a gazillion times in my life, but it was the first time I really heard it. Yeah. It's the first time you were aware of that little annoying voice that we all have. Yes. And I like put that bag down and I was like, Christine, like my, my, my real name, my birth name is Christine. And I was like, Christine, what? Like, this was like a three inch bagel. Stop it. Oh, I love that. That is so good. (laughs) That is so good. I love that. (laughs) You gotta, yeah, you gotta, you gotta listen for it and you gotta, you gotta rework it and nurture it, you know? So true. Yeah. Gosh. Well, what an awesome conversation this has been. Just thank you again for taking the time to be here with us. Of course. Thank you. You know, I always love talking to you and you have such a great community and such a great platform. It's always a pleasure. Right back at you. And just, I just want to, uh, to close by saying, you know, in my opinion, I think conversations like this are so important and just don't happen enough. Mm -hmm. So I especially want to thank you, you know, for coming here with us and being so open and honest and just for 
talking about each other's communities just for building a community that is so accepting of yes. that and and really promotes it so with yes. that being said where can listeners connect with you because all of you should <laughs> <laughs> I am everywhere at Sass Says my podcast is Sass Says my website is Sass Says and I am the most active on Instagram and TikTok and I'm at Sass says. Sass says, yes. Y'all, she has been killing the reels game. And I, gosh, I just have to give you kudos. You are killing the real game. You know, I (laughs) I have like real highs with it, then I have real lows, but when I'm feeling it, I'm feeling it, you know? (laughs) Yes. Oh, I get that. Of course. Okay, you guys, that's a wrap. One final reminder to head to thinkhappyco.com backslash coaching for all of the information on my private coaching options. And I am just already excited to be back in your ears next week. So I will catch you then. Bye. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for joining me for this week's episode of the Think Happy Podcast. If you just can't get enough, find me on Instagram at thinkhappy underscore co, that's C-O, and online at thinkhappyco.com. See you next week. Mm-hmm.